Amen. Praise the Lord today. Thank you for coming to Drive-In Church. Thank you for making the effort to come and be part of a gathering on the property. We feel that the expression of the corporate gathering is highly important, critical at this time in history. Thank you for making the effort. Thank you for joining with prayers and worship. For those that will be listening to this message by podcast, thank you for joining as well. May the Lord be glorified today. We're so thankful for his presence. We're so thankful that we know our Lord and Savior and that he has come. He's given us understanding that we can move properly in this time. I want to minister from the word of God today a number of scriptures. And if you can turn to those, if you have your Bible, please follow along. Otherwise, you can listen as I read the scriptures today. The title of the message today is Our God Reigns. Our God Reigns. Well, there were two fellows that were standing on a street corner, and each of them was holding a sign. And one fella held up a sign, and it said, the world is coming to an end. The other fellow was standing close to him, and he held up a sign, the world will never end. Two men were watching this display. Finally, one of them said to the other, One of them is an optimist, one of them is a pessimist, but I'm not sure which is which. Well, we know which is which. Thank God this world will come to an end and Jesus Christ will return and we will go on to heaven, eternal life, everlasting glory in the presence of the Lord. Our God reigns. I want to begin with Psalm 68, verses 19 to 20 today. Scripture says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. The Lord who daily loads us with benefits. I trust that you're loading up today. I trust you're getting loaded up today with gifts of the Spirit and the joy of the Lord and the peace of God and physical healing and the power of God and strength in your life and words of wisdom and knowledge to teach you how to walk in, your way, in His ways. Daily the Lord loads us with benefits. But remember, for a camel to be loaded up, it has to kneel. So here we are today, surrendered in the presence of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Our God is the God of salvation. And to God the Lord belong escapes from death. To the Lord belong escapes from death. He redeems our life from destruction. Our God is a God of salvation, of healing, of power in our lives. My, how many times he has healed our physical bodies through prayer in the name of Jesus. How many times he's come and lifted us in our situations, in our circumstances, provided for us and ministered to us. To our God, the Lord, belong escapes from death. There is a present distress on the world and on the church and it's not simple to discern this present distress whether it is a natural disaster a judgment of God a plague of Satan an attempt of anti-christian power in the world to close down the churches or whether it's the manipulation of man time will tell What we know is that we live in a fallen world and that there is a devil. 
But thank God there is a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ the Lord. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Cheer up, for I have overcome the world. The Lord says to us today, cheer up, for he has overcome the world, and he wants us to overcome it with him. In recent days, there was coverage done on this church by CTV News a couple of weeks ago on our drive-in church. And following the coverage, there were social media posting both on Christian sites and on secular sites. And some were commending the church in general, the Church of Jesus Christ, the Church of the Lord for what it does in the earth, for how it cares for people, ministers to lives, brings healing and strength to people and care, compassion. And others were condemning the church, criticizing the church in general because they said, oh, the church is simply, they were accusing the church of being controlling and all caught up with money. You know, the usual misunderstanding that's there against the church. But one person put up a posting and this person said, there is no God. There is no God. This person had been involved or was involved now for many years in the emergency services and referring to all the suffering that they've seen, the pain, the domestic violence, the abuse, the carnage, the bloodshed, the difficulty. This person said, there is no God. With everything I've seen that's going in this world, there is no God. How could a God allow this? I would like to speak to that person for a few minutes. I would like to converse with that person and say, do you think there could be a devil? Or is man capable of this kind of evil in himself? Is this man the most sophisticated of the animals according to the evolutionists? Is man capable of this, so sophisticated, such a high species, or could there be a devil? And if you admit there could be a devil, the only plausible deduction is that there is a God. That there is a God. 1 Samuel 17. We know the story. David and Goliath. Even people of the world, even people who don't know the Bible, they know about David and Goliath. And as this chapter opens up, 1 Samuel 17, the Bible tells us that Goliath, the Philistine giant, every morning and every evening, he stood and bellowed out across the land, across the valley. His fears, his taunts, his threats, and the people of God trembled. The Israelites shook in their boots. I want to say that the wrong army was trembling in its boots. The, law, the wrong army was shaking. But it shows you how far the army of Israel, the people of God in that day had fallen in their spiritual faith, in their courage, in their might, in their knowledge of the ways of the Lord. They were now trembling before the enemy. And I wonder sometimes in the present world if the church isn't trembling before the world instead of the world trembling before the church. The world, the church trembling before the powers of the enemy instead of the powers of the enemy trembling before the people of God. The Israelites trembled. 
I sent my family a text on March 17th, the beginning of this distress and situation. And I have the text here this morning. It said, every morning and every evening, Goliath stood and bellowed some new fear, statistic, scare tactic, and the Israelites trembled. They weren't sure they could trust their armor. They weren't sure they could trust themselves. They weren't even sure they could trust their God. Only a David ministry, true praise and worship warriors, ran onto the field. I said to my family, don't forget your sling, prophetic utterance, wind it up. Don't forget the five small stones of the promises of God. And don't forget the name that is above every other name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. David ran onto the field. David didn't hesitate. He didn't shrink back. The Bible says David ran onto the field. He ran to meet the giant because he knew the name of his God and he knew the weapons of his God that were upon his life. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to you in the name of Jehovah Jesus, whom you've defied. You've defied the name of the Lord. You've defied his armies. And I come against you in the name of the Lord. We need Davids today. We need worship warriors. We need prayer prophets. We need gospel messengers who will run onto the field and come up against the spirit of the enemy. Goliath, it says, bellowed out every morning and every evening. Every morning and every evening. David said in Psalm 56, he says, my enemies fight daily against me, seeking to oppress me. The enemy fights daily, seeking to oppress me. He said the enemy daily would swallow me up. In verse 5 of Psalm 56, he added, he said, every day, every day, the enemy tries to twist my words, get into my utterance. Every day he tries to put his thoughts into my mind. Every morning, every evening, Goliath bellowed. Every morning, every evening, powers of darkness may rise up against our mind, against our spirit, against our resolve. But in the name of the Lord, we set them to flight. In the name of the Lord, we come against them. And the Bible says that we are going to lift up a shout like David and his army. The chapter opens with Goliath bellowing his taunts and his fears and his scare tactics, and it closes with the army of Israel lifting up a shout and pursuing their enemies and bringing them down. The chapter opens and the chapter closes. My, we need to lift up a shout every morning. Lift up a shout every evening. Lift up a shout when you feel the assailing of the enemy against your life, his thoughts. He's trying to work against your spirit, against your courage, against your mind. Every day I will bless you, Psalm 145. Every day I will bless you, and I will magnify your name forever. Psalm 113, verse 3, from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name. The Lord's name is to be praised. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. This is a word to the church of Jesus Christ. It's a word to us today. 
Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. A world in darkness, a world in deep darkness, stumbling under the broken covenants and laws of God, deep into its darkness of sin and misunderstanding without the knowledge of the Lord. The Bible says when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the earth, the people of God must rise with the light of God and shine forth the glory of the Lord. For the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Verse 3 says, the Gentiles, the nations, the non-Christians, those who don't know the Lord, will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea, the sea of the Gentiles shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. This is new Testament experience couched in Old Covenant language, Old Testament language. It shows the nations, the people coming to the light and the glory and the presence of the church of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, all the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar and I will glorify the house of my glory. The offerings of the Lord coming, the people coming, surrendering their lives. This is the imagery that is brought forth in Isaiah 60. It says they'll come on dromedaries and camels. They'll come on horses and mules. Kind of different in a way, but it's not that different. Today, people of God come riding on rabbits and rams and jaguars and mustangs and Sometimes a whole group comes aboard an old greyhound coming to the presence of the Lord. Coming to the presence of the Lord. Gathering to the name of Jesus Christ. Coming with their silver and gold, their tithes and offerings and alms to build the house of the Lord, to build his kingdom, to be strong. Coming to the brightness of God's presence. Coming to the light of his word and the light of his Holy Spirit. Coming to his joy, to his peace, to his loving kindness. Coming to the mercy and kindness of the Lord. The gathering of the nations of earth. And the Bible says to us, arise, shine. Come on, church. Arise, shine. Darkness on the earth. But don't come under that spirit of darkness. Arise and shine and live for God. Lift your voice and declare the praises of the Lord. Bring the incense of worship and offerings unto the Lord. Magnify the Lord with all your heart. Psalm 68 and verse 1. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. 
As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. God is teaching us in Psalm 68 how to travel with him. How to travel with him. How to journey with him through this life. And he wants us to travel light. He wants us to have a bright spirit. There is a heaviness on the world. But God doesn't want us to have a spirit of heaviness. God doesn't want us to get heavy-spirited, burdened down, of a failing, burdensome spirit. God says, I want you to live bright. I want you to live in my joy. I want to teach you how to walk in this world. And God gives us our responsibility, and he tells us what his responsibility is. In verse 1 again, this is God's responsibility. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away, O Lord. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. God says, that's my responsibility, to arise and scatter your enemies. I'm going to cause them to perish. The Bible says God does terrible things in the earth. God is fearful in his holiness. He knows how to break the systems. He knows how to break the spirits of earth to cause his church to come forth in power and to cause his name to be magnified and glorified. He knows how to deal with the earth to bring forth the salvation of sinners to the name of Jesus Christ. God says, I'm going to rise and deal with your enemies, but here's what I want you to do. Here's your responsibility, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. Now in the Hebrew language, these words carry even more description, and they speak of the people of God in different terms as they're singing and rejoicing. One of the words means to jump for joy, to skip down the highway with God, to dance with God. Another word means to play the instruments, strike up the music, let the musicians play, let the worship choir begin. Let there be gladness and let the people, one of the words is that we would stroll along as minstrels as we walk with God. Now God says, I'm moving in the land. I'm moving my people onto the destination I have for them. And I want my people to be a joyful people. One of the words means to be bright. God says, I want my people to brighten up. If you're saved and you know it, tell your face. Get a spirit of joy. Get a spirit of life on you. Get a spirit of the zeal of the Lord. God says, I don't want my people heavy. Now God says, this is how I want you to travel through this world. I'm going to rise. I'm going to scatter your enemies. I'm going to lead you. I want you rejoicing, singing, dancing, shouting my praises. I will deal with your circumstances and with your foes. How sad as we read the history of Israel. And God in Psalm 68, it's an astounding psalm, amazing, because God begins to tell them how he led them, how he took them out of 
from Sinai or from Egypt to Sinai and then from Sinai on to Zion. God says, I took you out of Egypt. I delivered you by the blood of the Lamb. I set you free from sin and from slavery, and I led you through the wilderness. I provided for you. I brought you to Sinai. There I gave you my word. There I gave you my covenant. We entered into relationship one with another as husband and wife, as bridegroom and bride, to walk together, to be loyal to one another, to serve one another. He said, I took you from Sinai and I led you on to Zion, to the holy mountain in the promised land, the place of my worship, the place of my presence, the height of my glory. He said, I led you all through this journey. He said, I wanted it to be a march of glory. I wanted us to be gloriously in love and joyful in each other's presence. But how sad as we read the history of Israel, how many times they succumb to fears to greedy desires, even immorality, discouraged, complaining, disobedient at times, rejecting the authority of the Lord, rejecting the authority of Moses and Aaron, the ministers of the Lord. God said, I wanted to have such a delightful time as we walked on through the course of this life, but he said so many times you were so discouraged. Sometimes God had to send his corrections and judgments because the people did not enter in in the spirit that the Lord desired. God wants us to rejoice with him. God wants us to run with him. God wants us to dance with him down the highway of life. These words in Psalm 68 come out of Numbers chapter 10, verses 35 and 36. In Psalm 68, David applies these words of Numbers 10, the words of Moses, to all of God's people. This is a word for all of us. Every one of us today should be shouting, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. But as for me, I will rejoice before God. I will exceedingly rejoice. I will walk down the highway of deliverance with the Lord and I will have praises and I will have utterance and I will have song on my tongue. Numbers chapter 10, God said to Moses, I'm leading my people, Egypt to Sinai, Sinai to Zion. He said, it's a long journey. It's hundreds and hundreds of kilometers that we have to journey till I get you to the heights of Zion. And in that day with the flocks and herds, the families, fathers, mothers, children, what would a day's journey be? Maybe 10 to 15 kilometers? 10, 15 kilometers every day. And God said to Moses on the days they did journey, he said, here's what I want you to do, Moses. When I give the signal, when my cloud begins to lift from the tabernacle, it's the signal that I want the troops to follow me. I want the congregation to follow me. God says, I'm going to have the ark out front, of course. But he said, Moses, when it's time for me to move my people, I want you to go and stand by the ark of the covenant, and I want you to lift up a shout. And so Moses, every time God led his people, Moses stood before the ark, and he said, Rise up, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let those that hate you flee before you. And when the journey of the day was done, the kilometers or miles they went, and the Lord's presence settled back down, Moses again stood at the ark of the covenant, and he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. Come and rest upon every home. Come and rest upon every family at the end of this journey. For this night, let your presence be upon them. The Bible says whenever God led his people, 
Whenever God led his people, Moses stood and cried out. And whenever God settled his people, Moses again stood and said, Return to the many thousands of Israel. God, the Bible says, leads us out and he leads us in. He will bring us out and he will bring us in. He's our shepherd. He's our captain. He's our warrior. He's our leader. He's our guide. He's the one who directs our way through this world. And we understand that in a very practical way, every morning and every evening, we rise up and we settle down. Every morning, we should rise up with a shout. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered today. Let them flee before him. As for me, I'm going to rejoice with God today. Every evening as we settle back in for the night, we ask, we, we lift up that cry, return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. Return tonight, O Lord, upon my family. And while we rest and while we sleep, your gifts are given and your presence will heal us and your dew will rest upon us tonight. God offered his people a glorious, glorious journey in his presence, sheltered, covered by his presence, by his life and by his word. He'll bring us out. He'll bring us in. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Lift up a shout to the Lord. Don't let a heavy spirit come on you. I think of the Apostle Paul today, a man that was so persecuted for the gospel. He said in 2 Corinthians 6.10, he said these words, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. There are sorrows in this life. There are times we are sorrowful. There are times we do face heaviness and difficulty. Circumstances that weigh heavy against us. The Apostle Paul said, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Say, how could Paul say always rejoicing? If there was any man that was persecuted, he gives us his list in the books of Corinthians, 1 and 2 Corinthians. He talks about the rigors of the gospel. And how the powers and persecution and political powers and religious authorities were against him as he went forth with the gospel. Persecutions, he said, imprisonments often. Imprisonments often. He said, perils on every side. He said, without were fightings. Within were fears that I had to deal with. He said, five times I received stripes from the Jews. 40 stripes minus one, 39 stripes, five times, his back torn open by those whips. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. Three times was I shipwrecked as I made my way to the nations with the gospel. Persecuted, his teachings, he would go and establish churches and false teachers would come behind him and try and burn his books and undo his works. He pressed on in the will of God. He says, as sorrowful, he said, there are sorrows. But he says, as always rejoicing, always rejoicing. He's the man who said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. In Acts chapter 5, the early apostles of the Lamb, the 12 at Jerusalem, were arrested by the Jewish authorities at Jerusalem, and they were commanded not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. They said, we do not want the streets of this city filled with the gospel, filled with the name of Jesus Christ. And they took the 12 apostles, and they beat them, and then released them. And you know what those men did? It says they rejoiced. 
that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name that is above every other name, that blessed, beautiful, precious name of Jesus Christ. They said, we, we count it a privilege. We are honored that we can suffer. We rejoice that we can suffer for the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Acts 16, Paul and Silas were down in Philippi and they were unlawfully arrested and beaten and then they were put into the stocks their feet stretched apart in the stalks and their hands manacled to a beam above them. Excruciating, painful, backs bleeding. The Bible says it was getting close to midnight and Paul said to Silas, he said, Silas, my back hurts. Silas said, mine too, Paul. Do you want to talk about it? Paul said, no, let's just praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. And they began to sing, and they began to worship, and they began to lift their voice and praise God and pray in that prison. The Bible says the prisoners heard them. And we all know what happened that eventful night as the power of God came into that prison house because men began to rejoice and praise and glorify the name of the Lord. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 6-8, he said, in this you greatly rejoice. He said, you are in heaviness, though now for a little while, if need be, he said, you have been grieved by various trials. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, might be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation, the coming of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Whom having not seen, Jesus Christ, Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. He said, there's some heaviness coming against you. There's some trial. There's different, difficult circumstances. But in this you greatly rejoice. In the midst of these things you are greatly rejoicing because of your hope in Jesus Christ and your friendship and your relationship with Jesus Christ the Lord. Today, Let's live in the presence of the Lord. Let's live in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures. The Lord has his presence for us. The Lord has pleasures for us. And we must live in the presence of the Lord. In the late 1600s, there was a man named called Brother Lawrence. He wrote a famous book called The Practice of the Presence of God. He not only wrote this book, he lived this book. To live in the presence of the Lord. To constantly enter that presence of the Lord day by day. Sometimes we are agitated. Sometimes we face anxiety. There are fears. Sometimes we run out of patience. Sometimes the flesh struggle is strong upon us. Sometimes we're agitated. We must learn to 
go into the presence of the Lord. Take to the presence of the Lord. During the day when you find yourself unsettled, something's bothering you, step aside just for even a few minutes, even for a minute. Step aside out of your normal routine. Maybe step aside into a private room. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I need your presence right now. I'm stepping into your presence. I'm agitated. I'm unsettled. Things are bothering me right now. I don't have the kindness, the patience that I need in this situation right now. Lord, I come to you right now. Fill me with your presence afresh. Touch me with your presence. When you don't know what to do, say, I'm going to step aside into the presence of my Father. Ask your Father. When you don't know what to do, ask your Father. Ask Abba Father, what should I do right now? How should I handle my commotion? How should I handle this conflict inside me right now? Step into the presence of the Lord. Well, I want to close out with five quick scriptures for you today. That speak of the secret place of the Most High. That speak of this presence, this abiding place of the Lord. Psalm 27, verses 5 and 6. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. Secret place meaning in the covering, in the shelter, in the hiding place, in the secrecy. He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Psalm 31, 19 to 20. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. How great is your goodness, which you have treasured up, which you have stored up for those who fear you. God says, I'll open my treasures to my people. I'll open my goodness, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Psalm 32, 7, you are my hiding place. Again, that word translated shelter. You are my secrecy. You are my covering. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalm 91, 1 to 2. Cured 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. He who dwells in the secret place. It's a decision that we have to make. It's an action that we have to take. He who dwells, the person who will go into the secret place, step into the presence of God, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty and say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Psalm 83, verse 3, taking just a phrase from that verse, Psalm 83, 3, God's people are called His sheltered ones, His hidden ones. We're hidden in the presence of God. 
hidden in the presence of God. Practice the presence of God. Learn to walk with God in joy, rejoicing and praising. And even though there be sorrow, even though there be heaviness, yet always rejoicing because we know who we belong to and we know who our God is to us. Jesus said, my joy I give to you. My joy I give to you. And this joy no man can take from you. Today, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you're a Christian, Jesus is calling to you to enter into his presence, renew yourself in his presence. In this moment right now, but every day, renew yourself in the presence of God. Abide in that holy presence, in that refuge of the Lord. Run into his presence. When you're agitated, when you're troubled, take to the presence of the Lord. He will cover you. He will shelter you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal friendship, we want to say that according to the Bible, and Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ wants you. He wants you to be his friend. He wants you to be in relationship with him. He wants to take you out of your sinful situation. For all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He wants to give you eternal life, salvation. He wants you to, to take you to heaven with him when you die. Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Perhaps you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. We trust today that you will open your heart and say, Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. I need your life. I need your friendship. I want to go to heaven. I want to gain everlasting life through the forgiveness that you provide and you alone. For every one of us, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. If you're here this morning and you're willing to forsake all to follow Jesus, he said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. If you're willing today to make a commitment to follow Jesus Christ as Savior, we invite you to do that. Invite Jesus into your heart. Open up your heart to him right now. And please come by the entrance of the building. Drive by the entrance of the building. There are attendants there, pastoral team, ready to give you a Bible and give you some instruction on how you can become involved in the house of God and with the presence of the Lord. God bless you today. Well, let's close out with a song of worship and then I'll give the closing prayer.